Hello, and thank you for listening to the Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. Yesterday, we ran over uh, a couple of ideas for how we can establish trust when dealing with potential customers at the beginning of a sales and marketing journey. And we do that by showing commonality and also establishing credibility and competence. Those are referred to as the three C's by um, our good friend on the podcast, Mr. Tom Hopkins. So no need to rehash um, more than that over what we went through yesterday. And so today I'm going to move uh, into something that is really, really, really important. And um, so open that it's uh, important that it's often overlooked. And I see wedding photographers uh, do this um, a lot. And that is the idea of how do you establish a need. Now, establishing a need is really important because usually we run into the bride and the groom at the wedding fair or someone gives us a phone number and we call them up. And we often just assume that there is a need for what it is that we provide and the style and the method in which we go about providing it. So yes, they may have um, made the connection and given the phone numbers on the understanding that uh, the couple needs a wedding photographer. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they need a wedding photographer like you who provides the kind of wedding photography services that you provide. And the same goes by if you are a wedding planner or a um, cake maker. For instance, uh, there's this friend of mine who does cakes Uh, I can't remember the business name, but what she specializes in are novelty cakes. Now, for a long time, she wouldn't get involved in the wedding industry because she figured, I do novelty cakes, brides would want more traditional cakes. But now she has found some people who are out there who kind of um, agree with the direction that she's going in, that your cakes don't have to be the same traditional, you know, two-tiered or three-tiered cakes with the same uh, wedding colors, the same traditional wedding colors that everybody has had on their cakes, you know, cream, uh, pink, purple, uh, what else? The other colors that you can expect to see on wedding cakes. So she has found um, some community and some acceptance for her own kind of style for novelty cakes. And uh, yeah, she's building a bit of business there. So it would be a mistake in her own uh, case if I were to give someone her phone number and say, hey, BC is getting married. Why don't you give BC a call? It would be a mistake for her to pick up the phone or start chatting with BC on WhatsApp and just assume that um, there is a meeting of needs there. Since she specializes in novelty cakes, what she would have to do is to start off the conversation to be sure that there is a need here that she can meet, that BC is indeed interested in novelty cakes. Now, what are novelty cakes? I don't know what the technical definition is, so let me just go ahead and describe what it is that my friend does. The first cake that I saw of hers, uh, I think was for a 70th birthday party, and it was an interesting arrangement of uh, cubes, stacked upon cubes, and I just thought it was really cool, and that's how we hit it off. And I found out that she had done uh, other cakes like handbags, um, shoes, um, turntables. Uh, yeah, the DJ turntables, I thought that was really, really nice. Um, another cake that was, um, uh, what will I, I say, iPhone Pranafinit. Panafrenilia, yeah, that's the right word, I think. <laughs> so iPhone stuff, basically, where the cake was an iMac, um, uh, an iPhone, uh, what else, an iPod, 
and uh, the old school white earphones and stuff like that. So basically, that's the the, the sort of the sort of thing that she does. And you know that's not your typical um, wedding fair when it comes to cakes. So whether you're a photographer or a wedding planner or a cake maker, the first thing should actually be to find out if there is a need that we can fill. Let's not just assume that we can fulfill that need and then uh, go ahead and start having the discussions. Because if we just go ahead and assume and we seal the deal on price, either because they have too much money or because you beat the price they beat the price down and you just uh, you just acquiesce because you need some money, you'll find out that you're going to have a quarrel at the end of the day because um, you will deliver what you think is top-notch in your usual uh, style of delivery and uh, the bride and the groom are going to be angry because this is not what they had in mind when they thought wedding photography or cakes or wedding decor. So how do you establish a need? You establish that there's a need by using questions. And uh, for those of you who have listened to the podcast before, uh, you're not strangers to the idea of the questioning frameworks that we have as, um, that we have established and discussed so far. So basically, it's a question um, it's a question based um, process. So uh, some people call this a qualifications framework. Some people call this, especially wedding planners, they call this the consultation process. So you can't run away from the consultation process. You need to have those questions. You need to ask questions to find out what they are considering now. Like what kind of decor do you want? Uh, what kind of cake do you have in mind? Um, are you looking at more traditional styles or are you looking at uh, things that are raining right now or do you want something a little bit um, avant-garde or do you have some unique ideas about your wedding cake that you want us to discuss you need to ask those questions um, up front you need to ask questions about their previous experiences um, okay so uh, one Tavishima gave me a number he said you are the bridesmaids at uh, BC's wedding so is there anything in BC's wedding uh, that you liked you know ideas that you want us to try out for wedding decor or blah 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 um, in your own industry, whether you're a photographer or a wedding planner, you know what the typical questions are that you guys ask. So this is the pl this is the point in the interaction where you are going to ask those kinds of um, questions, and we need to ask to be totally sure that uh, there is a need and that um, there's a meeting of um, minds there. So basically, we just have to ask questions about what the anticipated outcomes are, what they hope, what they um, expect to get out of this. Um, let's see, what else? Um, okay, well, typically for wedding photographers, uh, at least for podcasters in America anyway, they recommend that you ask questions like, uh, what is your ideal, um, what is your ideal, what is your what is the ideal kind of wedding coverage you expect on the day i'm sorry i can't remember the question but there's one question that gets touted about on podcasts and um well american podcasts anyway uh, so yes you need to ask uh, those kinds of questions so uh, basically that's how we establish a need at the beginning and we make sure that we both have a meeting of minds and that we are thinking alike before we go ahead and collect the money so that we don't run into any trouble in the future and we do not have a quarrel. Now, apart from asking questions to find out if there's a need, let's also not forget to ask questions about the decision-making process. Um, like in my own case, uh, I seem to deal a lot with the bride, but it's something that I ask, like, okay, we've had three conversations so far and two meetings. I noticed that Shegun hasn't showed up. You know, how far is it that he's not interested in wedding photography? 
Uh, so from questions like that, you will get to find out whether uh, the groom gives a hoot or not, or whether everything is entirely in the bride's court. And um, I also ask outright, um, who should I make the invoice to? That is a stylish way of asking who is going to be paying for the services. If you come out and say, so who is paying for this, they might not answer. But if you just ask a question like, okay, who should I make this invoice out to? You now get a sense of who else is involved in the process. So if they say make the invoice out to Momsi, then you know that you need to ask a couple more questions on uh, whether Momsi needs to be involved in the process or not. Because I've been involved in those situations where I spoke to the bride, she thought it was good, she thought the amount was uh, good to go. And um, uh, the next step was, okay, uh, you have to come to the house and speak to Big Mommy. That's uh, the groom's uh, mom. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, that was an interesting experience, basically, where I had spent time with the bride, a couple of uh, conversations, maybe two or three weeks, haggled on particulars, only to find out that Big Mommy was an absolutely essential part of the process. And I had to start the whole thing all over again when I got to Big Mommy. So basically the whole thing was me dealing with the bride was basically just me passing the filtering test, if you can put it that way, because Big Mommy wanted to be sure that the vendors that were used at the wedding are the vendors that the bride um, wanted. So ask these questions to be sure that there's a meeting of minds and that um, uh, there's a need we can fulfill and that uh, we have a chance of making sure that they're satisfied at the end of the day. And also so that we know who the important parties are to this sale so that we don't waste too much time with one person only to find out that we have to repeat the song and dance with another person or another committee at the end of the day. And that's something that I've seen my friend do really well. And that is uh, Laura Michael Phillips of Posh and Pristine um, Events. I've seen her handle one of those conversations um, masterfully where she was talking to the bride at the bridal fair. And I think within three or five minutes, basically, she had gotten to the point of uh, what the decision-making committee was and that it would have to be a meeting of uh, both mothers and that both mothers were going to be around in Abuja on so 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 and so date. And uh, basically, she was able to get a commitment from the bride uh, so that she would be available at that meeting. And I thought it was something that was done masterfully. It was done quite well. Because typically at the wedding fair, what most wedding planners I see do is they just um, and they just um, show up. Uh, they want to just spit out their presentation, give a price, collect the phone number and say, okay, can I call you later? And that is not always the best um, approach to have for these sorts of things. Okay, so let me cap it up here. We're approaching, or rather, we have hit the 10-minute mark. So thank you very much for listening to the Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. I will catch you guys on the next episode.